0: Hello and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you. That's why today we continue with a series called Rethinking Your Life. In these lessons, Rick shares nine biblical pillars we need to reshape our minds so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with the final part of a message called how to win over persistent temptations.
1: So the key to overcoming any temptation is not to resist it, but to just refocus. Just turn your mind to something else. If I'm watching TV and something on TV is either making me mad, sad, glad, sexually aroused or anything else, whatever it's doing, and I go, I don't want that, I don't sit there and go, I don't want this, I don't want this, (laughs) I don't want this, I don't, whoa, I don't want this, I don't want, whoa, I do not want this. (laughs) The whole time, what am I doing? Focusing. It's real simple, turn the channel. It, It wasn't that hard. Don't resist temptation, refocus. You cannot control the thoughts that come into your mind, but you certainly can't control changing the channel. You don't have, does that make sense? You don't have to accept, and turning the channel is the refocus in, in your life. So you change the channel. What is changing the channel? The Bible word for that is called repent. It's what this whole series is about. Metanoia, change your mind, change the channel. Now, Romans twelve twenty one says this, don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil with good. This is called the principle of replacement. I don't say no, 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 because I'm focusing on the negative. You've heard me do this before, I said, man, I really need to stop smoking. I really need to stop smoking. These coffin nails are gonna kill me. (laughs) Man, it's not, it costs a lot of money. My lungs are turning black. And on and on. What am I doing? The whole time I'm focused on what I don't want. It's like a coach walking out to a pitcher and say, "Don't throw a curveball." What's he going to think of? A curveball. You got to. He should walk out and say, "Throw a fastball." Give him something positive to focus on. Now, in this idea, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil with good. The thing is, if your mind is filled with good thoughts, you don't have any room for tempting thoughts. That's why the Bible in Philippians 4 says, think on these things, things that are helpful and pure and lovely and great. Now remember, we've been saying this from the very beginning, temptation starts in your mind. It doesn't start out there, it starts in your mind. James chapter 1, verse 15 says that the stages of temptation are attention, arousal, and action. First, something gets my attention. What you just said all of a sudden triggered something in me. Attention, and then arousal, the emotions kick in. And when you get attention and arousal, it's gonna lead to action. If you wanna stop any bad habit in your life, you don't stop the action, you stop the attention and the arousal. You stop the thought and the emotion. Does that make sense? You don't stop with the the action. You don't go, I'm gonna stop doing this. No, you you nip it in the bud. You nip it, nip it, nip it, as Barney Fife would say. If you know who Barney Fife is, you're really old. Okay. Uh, You you nip it and and you say, I'm not gonna think it and I'm not going to uh, feel it because I'm just gonna change the channel. I'm gonna change the channel. Whatever gets your attention gets you. If I were to say to you right now, hey, you guys hungry? Well now that you mention it, Rick, <laughs> I could go for a double-double. <laughs> if I said, is it a little cold in here? Anybody you a little cold? Well, now that you mention it, because you you focused on it. If I said,
0: huh, oh, you think I'm tired? Oh, 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 oh.
1: You're dying to yawn right now. (laughs) Some of you did, why? Because I got you to focus on it. It's not hard to break temptation. Turn the channel. Mm -hmm. Just change the focus. You see, what I'm trying to teach you is that the more you think about something, the stronger it becomes in your life. Some of you have a secret sin. Everybody's got some secret sin and it gets a stronger, hold and hold and hold on you, because you're focused on it. And the more you fight a feeling, the more it controls you. Fighting the feeling will never give you freedom. We teach this in Celebrate Recovery. We teach this in God's word. On the other hand, if you ignore it, it weakens. You, you don't fight it, you ignore it. The Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, we capture every thought and we make it obey Christ. Now, that takes practice and it's why I'm teaching you this series on rethinking your life. Uh, and that we're gonna keep working on it and working on it till you get good at it, but anything you can get good at with practice. What I am trying to say is when Satan comes to tempt you, never argue with the devil, you're gonna lose. He's got more arguments, he's been arguing with human beings for thousands of years. When temptation calls, drop the phone. Don't go, I don't really wanna do this. I don't wanna do this because, and you got five or six, 10 reasons, you're focused. When temptation calls, drop the phone, and, and don't, don't even pay attention to it. Point seven, this is a, a key for preventative, join a small group for support. God wired us to need each other, and if you're not in a small group, you are, you're like alone ranger out there, easy pickings for Satan, because you're not in a pack. You're not protected by a group. You're out there, you're, you're alone by yourself. Satan, like a sniper, can just pick you off. You need to be in a small group. Now at Saddleback, we don't say small groups are a program of our church. Small group groups are the church. It is the church. This is just a gathering on the weekend, but the real church is what happens in a small group. Your body is not one big cell, it's thousands of cells. Saddleback is not one big meeting, it's thousands of cells that meet all over Southern California and now even around the world. And you need to get in a small group. The Bible says, Hebrews 10, verse 25, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing, instead let us encourage each other all the more. You know what happens when you get in a small group? Is you're gonna discover that a lot of other people have the same problems you do. You go, I didn't know anybody else felt the way I do. Well they do, because everybody's going through the same thing, they all feel the way you do. That's why we love Celebrate Recovery. Over 25,000 people have gone through Celebrate Recovery here at Saddleback Church, and it's now all used around the world, why? Because you get in there and you go, oh, other people are afraid of this. Oh, other people struggle with that. Oh, other people have this habit, compulsion, thought, addiction, you know, hurt. Other people are 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 frightened by stuff like this. And you know what? When you, revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. The tension just drains out when you realize you're not alone. The Bible says it like this in James 5, 16. Admit your faults to each other and pray for each other. That sounds like small group. That sounds like celebrate recovery. Admit your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. If you wanna be forgiven, you just tell God But if you wanna be healed, you gotta tell somebody else. God wired the world in the way that we get healed when we tell other people what we're struggling with. Why? It's liberating the moment you admit to somebody else what you're struggling with, it starts weakening its grip instantly. Let me say it again. The moment I tell you what I'm struggling with, I already got a victory over it. If you can't tell anybody about what you're struggling with, it already is out of control in your life. It's out of control because you can't talk about it. You're so intimidated and so scared to talk about it, that means it's out of control. The moment you start talking about it, you don't have to talk about it to everybody, just get one trusted group, one trusted friend, we'll get to that one in a minute. The moment you share it with somebody else, you just got a whole lot of control over what's been out of control in your life. But as long as you can't talk about it, it's out of control, and that's scary. Hiding a hurt only intensifies it. Wearing a mask makes you miserable and lonely. And what I'm asking you to do is not just admit where you've sinned, but admit where you're being tempted. Listen to this. If there were more confession of temptation, there'd be a whole lot less need for the confession of sin. We're more likely to tell people our sins than our temptations. The moment you share with it, I said it, it take, and here's the thing. If before you sinned, you were actually to go to a friend and go, you know what, I'm struggling with I'm being tempted by this person at work. Nothing's happened, but I'm being tempted. You know what? You're far more likely to not fall for it. If there were more confession of temptation, there would be less need for confession of sin. If we started earlier and just why? Guys, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. We're all tempted. It's not only liberating, it's empowering because God gives grace to the humble and when you tell somebody, I'm struggling in this area, then you've just been humble and God will give you more grace and when you talk about a problem, as I said, it helps you gain control. Okay, number eight, not only do you need to join a small group for support, you need to enlist one friend I need to enlist one friend to share my struggle. This is gonna be my growth partner. And you're not gonna have victory by yourself. There are battles in your life you can't win by yourself. There's sometimes problems are so big you have to team tackle them and you need other people in your life. And if you have one person who, hey look, I'm giving you permission to check up on me. I'm telling you, I'm struggling with this. My impatience, my lust my envy, my pride, my greed. I'm telling you this, I'm struggling with my temper. I'm struggling with whatever it is. You have the power in its life, you cut it in half. You enlist a friend, and this is a battle you're not gonna win on your own. Now let me show you two important verses. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine and 10. Two are better than one, because together, if one falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, there's no one to help him up. Let me ask you a real important question. Who checks up on you? Who who have you given permission to to check up on you in your spiritual life? Who have you invited in your life to help you grow? Who, Who have you allowed to ask you the tough questions and you're not gonna get uptight about it? For them to say, how are you doing with that temptation? How are you doing with that habitual area where you keep stumbling and you, you really want to get over it? Let me pray for you, can I check up on you? Can I encourage you? Can I check up on you? you need, that's what friends do. Friends walk into your life when everybody else walks out. And the Bible says that we need those kind of people. And there are some problems in your life. Some of you are gonna die with the same habits you've had for 30 years. Why? Because you never were serious about getting rid of them. And the reason why I know you weren't serious is because you didn't ever get a partner. You didn't get a friend. You didn't get a coach. You didn't get a sponsor. You didn't get an accountability partner. You didn't get a soulmate. You didn't get somebody you could bring into your life, go, I give you permission to check up on me, and go, how are you doing on that? And I'll check up on you, and it'll be a mutual encouragement society, a mutual accountability society. The Bible says in Galatians 6 2, by helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love your neighbors yourself. Okay? Let me give you one last one and we'll wrap it up. The ninth key in God's strategy for breaking through persistent temptations is, is this. Remember, God is on my side. He's rooting for you. He's pulling for you, he's on your side. He wants you to win, and he will pull out the stops to help you win if you'll let him. One of the great promises of the Bible, every person listening to the sound of my voice right now should memorize 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. I memorize it, King James, which is different than this, but here's what it says in this translation. When temptations come into your life, Remember that they're no different from what others commonly experience. And God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will be able to withstand it. Now that is so packed, I could have done a whole message just on that verse, but notice three or four things. First it says, every temptation experience is common to everybody else. Now here's the good news. If we all have the same common temptations, then there are the same common solutions. So, you, you, nobody has my sin, nobody has my temptation. You're dead wrong. Everybody else does. Maybe in a different format, but we all have, it says they're all common to everybody. And then it says God's faithful. And then it says he won't let you be tempted more than you can handle. You can say I couldn't help myself, then you're lying. Because God says, I will never put more on you or allow more on you than is in you to bear it up. And he said, I will show you a way out. And as a result of that, we get to the last verse on your outline, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. We give thanks to God because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The solution to the stuff you wanna change in your life is not willpower. Your will is not strong enough. You've tried to break habits and your willpower was strong. The solution is, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the good news. This is the gospel, that change is possible. I don't have to stay the same, I like that. If you don't like me the way I am right now, hang on. I'm getting better. And I want you to do good. It's never too late to start over. God has promised to help, so let's get started right now. Let's bow our heads for prayer. You ready for a change? I said it last week, on this earth, you're never gonna be sinless, but you can sin less if you do it God's way. So what lifelong habit would you like to be released from? Maybe you've been stuck in that cycle of good intention and failure and then guilt, then good intention, then failure and guilt. It's time to get out of that cycle, to break that cycle with these nine steps. Would you pray this prayer in your heart? Just follow me in this prayer. Dear God, say it in your mind. You you know all the habits and temptations in my life. You know everything that trips me up and has tripped me up for years. And Lord, you know the tempting situations I'm facing right now. And what's amazing to me, God, is that you even know the temptations that lay ahead of me this next week that I don't even know about. You know what's coming. So I'm asking for your help. I am willing to follow these principles, your principles, so I can change and be free. Help me to see the patterns in my life that lead to temptation. Help me to see the emotions that make me vulnerable and to recognize them. Give me the strength to start avoiding the situations that get me in trouble. And when I'm hit with an emergency situation, help me to remember to cry out to you to quote scripture to myself. Help me to refocus my attention on other things when I'm tempted. I know I can't handle this by myself. I commit today to finding a small group, getting in a small group, starting a small group where I can be encouraged and I can encourage other people too. Help me find that one friend that I invite into my life that I give permission to check up on me. I need a friend like that, Lord. Help me to find that person. Most important, Lord, I need you to do some heart surgery on me. Remove the negative emotions that make me vulnerable and replace them with your love and your forgiveness and your trust. Jesus Christ, I ask you to start making these changes in me from the inside out, beginning today. I wanna follow you completely. I want you to be the manager of my life. And I want you to save me, not just from hell, but from myself. And I humbly ask this in your name, amen. Hi, everybody. This is Rick, and I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. You know, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, or you just recommitted your life to Jesus again today, would you let me know about it? There's something real about sharing your commitment. So write me, Rick, at PastorRick.com and say, Rick, I prayed that prayer of commitment. I gave my life to Christ. And I'll send you some material that'll help you on your journey with Jesus. And I'll also pray for you. God bless you.
0: This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you how you can help support this ministry.
1: Jesus told his disciples that they should live their lives according to five specific purposes. He said, you've got to love God with all your heart. That's worship. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's ministry. That's called the great commandment. And then Jesus said, go make disciples, that's evangelism. Baptize them into the family of God, that's fellowship, a sign of fellowship. And then he said, teach them to obey everything I've taught you. That's discipleship. And we call that the Great Commission. We believe at Daily Hope that a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission will produce a great Christian, a great church, a great company, a great community. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's word is filled with hope and truth. And the power that we need to follow him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the word of God changes lives. It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, or whether you listen to a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family, and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let, write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me, pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because
0: you cared. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.